So what do you get when you mix Mark Summers, Michael Malley, Stick Stickly, and Doug Funny? Alright, cut, cut, cut. This is pathetic. This is dumb. But this is the Neon Tarantino, the Zubaz Zemeckis, Bebe Abrams himself, the greatest director in all of professional wrestling, Derek the Director. And you're listening to Wrestling Chairs. So you like, subscribe, leave a good comment, five stars, whatever you want. Because Wrestling Cheers is my favorite podcast in all of Burleyville. Cut. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same You want to go where everybody knows your name You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same You want to go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers where everybody knows your name, especially if you throw a chair into the ring. Uh, this is Wrestling Cheers, where we like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review for last week's show from Our Lady of Mount Carmel, AIW's Escape from Cleveland. I am your host. I am heavy set for... You, I mean, I'm always heavy set, but that's that's who I am, and all that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we are brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Neo Sports Insiders. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. WrestlingCheers.podbean.com, and you can find us on all of your social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose a desire, wrestling cheers at gmail.com. We got the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net, and we do have a special pre order. If you'd use that email, if you so choose a desire, uh, hit us up PayPal for a wrestling cheers bullet club parody shirt. Not a lot of pre orders going out for that. I'll openly admit it is a $20 pre-order, $25 afterwards. They are being printed locally, and it's actually not being done by direct-to-garment or screen printing. I have a friend of mine that's actually, she does vinyl, and it kind of came up pretty good. So, uh, also, I think uh, if you do have shirts above three, uh, about 2 or 3X, it'll be $5 extra each way, because those shirts are a little bit harder to come by and a little bit more expensive. But anyway, we have... A fun show to talk about from Escape from Cleveland. And we have on this show this week, we have first off, we have Patrick. Patrick's back again. I'm here. What's up? Uh, dry Mount Carmel. We we had a show this week at Dry Mount Carmel. That was new. I've never been to a Dry Mount Carmel show. I don't even. It was interesting. I think this might be the first dry show at, at Mount Carmel. I don't know. I don't drink a lot, so I don't you know, act, retain that information. You don't base activities around whether you can drink at them or not. Like me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like the odd thing was, is I was planning on buying a couple beers at this show for some friends. 
And that's what you said. Yeah, that sucks. So that being taken away, I was like, oh well, okay. And I was I was gonna buy the same people beers at Wrestle Rager, but uh, no. After that chaotic fucking bar, I was just like, nope, not I'm not spending the time. Like I'll drink a beer quicker than it takes me to get a beer. So no, I'm out. Uh, so yeah, this was a dry escape from Cleveland. How did you manage? Um, I saved some money, that's for sure. But you know, it was a good. I had a good time. We had a. Uh, I think everybody had a good time. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things, though, is there were there were alcohol or there was alcohol snuck in because I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm not saying you because actually it was somebody around me fucking speared speared spilled their beer and got my messenger bag that I carry to some of these shows fucking the bottom of it just soaked in beer. Dang. And I don't I don't mind it, but the smell. That that smell of of beer spilt, it's just kind of a it's an annoying smell, especially if you're not drinking. Actually I think even if I drink beer, if I spill beer, like I don't like that sm- that smell. But I like the smell of beer. Am I, am I the only one? You know what I'm cheap about? beer doesn't smell very good, no. Yeah, it probably was cheaper. That's the kicker. I didn't see any beer cans around me, but I I know the smell of beer, and it fucking stunk. So I didn't have to, <laughs> when I come home, I had to take out like all the shit out of it and um make sure it doesn't fuck up the bag too much. And also on this episode, we have well two weeks in a row. We have Rick. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Doing. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Well, luckily for uh, everyone, there was plenty of toilet paper to soak up any potential messes that might have occurred. And nobody here was kicked out from the show. Weakest chair throw ever. Do we want to get into Listen, it now? It was all a work. It was all a work. <laughs> do we want to get into it now? Or do we want to get into it for the match? I say we wait it out. Anticipation. Okay. Okay. But the fa- the main fact that I accidentally recorded it is fucking hilarious to me because when everything was going down i didn't notice it and then i think after the show rick you had mentioned something to me about it and i was like what what i don't what what's going on and then you explained i'm like oh okay then later on i was going through my videos and i seen it and i was like no fucking way i also captured said moment on video i just chose not to post it (laughs) Well, my whole thing is for for the main event, I was trying to and I tr- I try to get the really good spots. That's that's my only issue with doing the Instagram stories is sometimes I feel like I don't get to pay enough attention to the match. I'm just trying to get videos. And for the main event, I was like I want to get the really good spots because those will be the ones that people will want to see. So as soon as they set up the glass on the outside, I was like I'm going to get a video of this. I know somebody who doesn't want to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into all that towards the uh, the end of the show. But this this was a very interesting show. We had a lot of hype coming into it. A lot of uh, I don't want to say a lot, but we had a couple very good guests and and whatnot. Just without getting into a lot of details, how, how did you guys feel about going into this show and then the reaction? after it um i liked it a lot well they yeah they did kind of hype it up after absolution they kind of started hyping this one um 
And the guests were good. I, Bestia six 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 and Damian six 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 were uh, were great. Eric Ryan said that was his dream match, and yeah, he, he they all everyone. It, it was a good time, man. Everyone everyone did their best. I was shocked that that was the main event up until they started taking off the canvas, and I went, okay, makes total sense now. That's why this is the main event, and it 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 was I think was also on top of all the, all the shit that happened. I don't know who could have followed that. Yeah, and I always thought there was a like a no glass policy because like no light tubes and yada yada. So it was always just boards and stuff. They brought out that those, those plate glass, and I was like, oh, here we go. Okay, that's a different conversation that I need to have with people who matter because was it just no glass or just no light tubes? Because if it's well, no- yeah, that was that was like the. Uh- uh, safety glass is not the word, but that's the you know that's like the the car windshield stuff that doesn't uh, doesn't shatter into the jagged pieces. I mean, they're still sharp, but they you know they come off in the clumps, the cubes. You know, it all clings together. I mean, I don't know what the technical yeah. technical word is for it. Somebody will somebody will fill you in. I'm sure. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Eric Ryan still took one hell of a beating on that glass, but it wasn't going to. Uh, wasn't going to slice quite as uh, quickly and efficiently as those light tubes do. I've people around me. Somebody was saying that they thought that it was sugar glass. Listen, I'm not going to get into the validity of the glass mm-hmm. and why. I just thought it kicked ass because I never got to see glass at Mount Carmel yet, and it it was oh, a good time. <laughs> it was well, awesome. The, awesome. The way that it broke was perfect because it doesn't. Um, you still got that shatter. But it was like that um, you get that uh, kind of deep bass shatter. It's like that, you know, you you hear it and it's, you know, it's like it doesn't feel like, you know, you take a hammer and break the glass. It's that, you know, it's that mass of humanity that is Eric Bryan hitting the glass with that thud. Just make it, you know, the, the sound is uh, absolutely indiscernible. It's, you know, I can I can remember it. And, I mean, two of the best spots i've seen in an aiw uh was certainly at mount carmel in an aiw match in a long long time with those uh two glass doors the the first one at least i noticed that it was like the thud of hitting the glass there was a little bit of an impact of it holding and then breaking yes absolutely yeah that was right in front of us that was yeah and the second one was right in front of me I think that's we got it. some good seats. <laughs> I think that whole spot too, that last one, it's crazy because a lot of people knew that like this is going to be a big spot. So like I had a camera angle, Caden had a camera angle, Pat, I think you had a camera angle, and there might have been a couple more camera angles I've seen float around. So you get the right people on it, you can create a like really cool 3D <laughs> environment of what happened. I like that they had the ramp again too. After Absolution, that was the same setup. I like that it wasn't just a one thing. I like, I like that setup. I feel like they probably do too because it probably gives them a little more room. Yeah, I like, I like the fact that with that you can have people all the way around the ring. You don't have yeah. to set space aside for okay, this is going to be the entrance ramp. That they have to have enough room for people to come out. Um, I noticed that I think before. There, people weren't right on the the ramp. Now they this one they were. I like that. That is very much the WCW class of champions. And the funny thing about me is I'm not a huge 
WCW guy. But that was something that I always kind of liked. And the fact that yeah. AIW now has their own version is kind of cool. Yeah, I like they moved more seats kind of to enclose the ramp as opposed to that absolution. Yeah. Like I've seen a- I'm sure that's all just like trial and error, though. You know, they say, oh, maybe we have some more seats open up, you know. It worked out good. I, I liked it a lot. And then it didn't seem like it was a very big crowd to start. Like people weren't trickling in as fast as we normally see. I don't know what reason why, but I think the turnout was decent. Like after right around the time of the of, you know, the opening bell, like enough people had come in with sitting bleachers and regular seats that it felt like a normal show. It didn't feel like, "Oh my god, like where's everybody at?" No. No, I, I would agree. Yeah, it it felt pretty full. It took a minute, like you said, yeah, but end of the first match, it was full up. It definitely didn't feel like night one of Jaylet. No, but I think that was one of the first times they did a newer setup. That was like a weird setup they didn't go back to, I want to say, too. So that, that can make it feel a little less full. Like, I don't know, just the way you set up chairs, the way you set up a room can make it feel a different way, I'm sure. All right, let's, let's get into this card. Start off with the opening match, which kind of surprised me but we started off with twins versus the production this is a rematch of absolution and uh i don't know what else i can say except for magnum ck and frankie flynn did retain via a roll-up which seemed i don't know like to surprise the production a little bit but i don't know i'm kind of hoping that the the twin story as a whole is over how do you guys I thought that's what we were going to see the end of. I thought they were going to have a blow up or something. Um, you know, I think everybody kind of thought production was going to win. Um, but yeah, I was kind of waiting for something. But Frankie was great, and Magnum was also great. Uh, those two guys together are are great. They, them as a whole, you know, we talk about them all the time. Production as a whole is a great stable, but those two together as a tag, I like a lot. Yeah, Pat was calling for the uh, the boot of Swaggle basically the whole match. He was waiting for the. Uh, <laughs> the uh the big boot to um you know officially break up the tag team the one thing that i do remember we got right in front of us was the uh the ring post figure four that magnum ck likes to break out every once in a while yeah he posted a three shot like a three photo thing of that and was talking about me and someone else's face have a real good reaction he posted a couple that's shots how you're it. supposed to that's how you're supposed to react when somebody does a figure four around the ring post that's what he said my favorite thing about those pictures is the first one, it looks, because where, like how Magnum is putting on the figure four, it looks like he's in the crowd. Like his head is kind of like popped up like, hey, what's going on here? That's the, when I first looked at it, I was like, what, what the fuck's going on? Even though I was there, but I was like, this, I don't understand what this picture is. Then I was like, oh yeah, figure four, that's Magnum locking it on. So he's, he's at that level, like same with the crowd. And then he you know, obviously locked it on. He disappears. Yeah, it was really good right in front of us. So we move on from that match. Uh, hope the, the thing is with twins, maybe, maybe they're just going to take a break for a while. Maybe they're just going their separate ways. Maybe, Hey, maybe this is something we'll find on the DVD or another, or somewhere down the line of what happened to twins. But I don't know. I don't think we need to see a blow up between them. They can just go their separate ways and Hornswoggle can go on to a different storyline. You know what I would really like to see? PB and KTB. I feel like them two having a feud would be something I could. I, I, I think I could get behind that. K, 
KTBs like from the woods. Like he doesn't understand this corner business, and like he just doesn't get PB. And they, you know, they're two big guys getting there. And I think I'd I'd like to see that. You want to see PB with Kyle? Yeah, he's from <laughs> the woods, man. But Kyle, but Kyle, my big orange cat that weighs eighteen pounds that's named Kyle sitting right next to me right now. Kyle, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle the Beast. Is that what you named your cat, Kyle the Beast? I actually hadn't. I didn't know who KTB was at the time when I named him Kyle, but it worked out in the end because you know, two two good guys, KTB and Kyle the Orange Cat. So we'll see what happens with twins, but obviously the production goes on. Champions they are featured for next month's show, Zero Cool Mo. We'll get into more about that later on. Next match, we had a surprise return of M Dog Matt Cross versus Facade versus Wheeler Yuta versus Space Monkey versus AJ Gray versus Flip Kendrick. An unannounced six way scramble match. The unexpected appearance by M Dog is always cool. I think he's one of those great examples of wrestlers who have who come from Cleveland. And we're privileged to have him come from here. But we don't get to see him as much. But when he shows up, he, he does this shit. And he's fucking awesome. What did uh, you guys think about this match? Just some of the participants, because it's a lot of... I mean, you had like a return, or two returns, or three returns. Fuck, God, half the match was returns. And then you have, I mean, AJ Gray being AJ Gray. Wheel of Yuta, second AIW match in space. That's always a good scene, Space Monkey. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, I was happy to see, uh, I haven't seen Flip Kendrick in a while. Uh, you know, I still remember when he whacked his head on the floor there. Uh, how friggin' yeah, scary yuck. that was. But man, it's it's nice to see him back and, you know, 100%. He he looks great. You, the surprise return by Matt Cross is great. It's always nice, uh, you know, to get that big surprise pop. One of the things that I, I think that all of us have gotten to where we just look forward to is that, you know, four five six person scramble that's this seems to be unannounced just about every show and you know just seeing who's gonna who's gonna be there you know whether it's uh matt cross or you know rex brody uh coming back and you know flip kendrick and facade jumps in from time to time to time but you know i like all these guys and uh yeah no aj gray looked great you know the usual everybody jumping off of everything it's it's great when when things like that happen, and I I was really happy that Caden was able to make this one because I right as everybody's coming out, he gets about the fourth guy, the fifth guy, and and I I forget if it was Pat or Jobber that that said out loud, uh, looks like some guys are gonna do some flipping. I look over down towards Caden, and he's just lighting up with each guy that that comes out because he's got the big the big side of the ring. You know, every there's always one big side of the ring. Usually, it's over towards the entrance where the guys are going to do the flips and uh, he's getting so excited because he knows you know, right here in front of me, this is where they're going to be flipping. This is the place. Uh, it, it, it delivered, you know, you got all your flips, you got all, you got everything and you got AJ picking up the win. The last time we seen uh flip Kendrick was, and this is the, where that, I believe that accident did happen. The AIW tag title four way for absolution 12. To Infinity yep. and Beyond. That was it. Versus Crazy Pain versus Ninja Elite Squad versus, versus DJZ and Laredo Kid. That was the match that ended with the taser spot on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
that's and that's because that was a, I mean that was a rough one. You had flip hitting, and it was you know 100 degrees in the place, and and everything oh, yeah. was so slippery and wet. Yeah, that was uh, that's 100 percent correct. I think you could tell when he got the real big welcome back chant. You could tell that he he really appreciated that too, because he you know he knows the last time he was there and what happened. So you could tell that when everyone you know pretty much everyone in the building you know it was a pretty big chant, and you could tell he really he really felt good about that. I feel like Flip Kendrick is one of those wrestlers in AIW that is forever loved. He, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of bookings lately. Like, I'm pulling up all these different years and just, like, checking, like, how often he's been booked. And 2015, it was it was pretty regular. There's 11 bookings. So pr- probably pretty much at least once a month or roughly once a month, obviously missing something in there, but still a lot of bookings. And then in 2017, probably because of that accident, he goes down to four. And we hadn't seen him since Abso. And... He's he's very much well loved within AIW and hell within within Cleveland in general. I mean, when I was first starting to watch PWO Prime Wrestling, him and Lewis Linden, Aeroform, they were tag team champions. Actually, I think at one point they were tag team champions of both AIW and PWO. And they, they I think they were face in AIW and heel in PWO. And obviously Lewis Linden has gone on his own thing since then. He's been singles competition almost everywhere. But he's done enough work. He's very well loved. But oddly enough, Lewis Linden isn't as widely loved as you could tell by any past episodes of this podcast where people just go, I don't get it. Um, I'll save that for the Lewis Linden Ultimo Dragon match. But when when this one started, uh, my fiance sat in the front with us again. And Rick, it should be noted, Rick sat with uh, me and Thrift Store on our side of the, over there this time too. So uh, when this match started and uh, M-Dude came out, uh, I, I told her, I said, because she likes a lot of Lucha style flipping. She likes a lot. That's her favorite style as opposed to like deathmatch is probably her least favorite style. <laughs> um, but I said, when, when M-Dude came out, I said, you're, you're going to get some good stuff here. And then one by one, all six of them were great. And I, they were all standing there. I said, well, you're about to see a really good match. And she liked it a lot. So you could tell if a non-wrestling fan really likes a match, I always feel like that's a pretty good catalyst of, you know, if it, whether it was good or not. You get those genuine reactions from people who aren't necessarily like, you know, there to be there. You know, she's she likes it and she's you know enjoys it, but she you know, you're you're getting reactions from someone who's not a not saying this in a bad way, but someone who's not a jaded fan. Right, right, exactly. That's kind of what I was trying to say. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, it was a great match though. It was good to see AJ get the win. I feel like he, uh, aside from no consequences stuff he's been in some scrambles he hasn't picked up the win lately in the scramble and it was good to see him get the w i like aj so yeah uh, as as we mentioned there it was aj gray rich homie juice winning via the diving leg leg drop um you could say he looked like two cold scorpio you could say kill bill i've heard both when it comes to uh, his his current look would that be wait? Would that be two in a row? Did he win at Russell Rager in the scramble too? I want to say that last uh, part with Ryder with the headbutt and then the lariat and all that was that the finishing. He, he won at Rager too. That should be two in a row, I think. Then I, I thought corrected. I actually, thought, didn't Gringo Loco win that? Oh, Gringo won. You're right. You know, yeah. you're right. I'm sorry. My bad. Gringo did win. My bad. Good for AJ. I I do want to see more from AJ. I kind of want to see him in some sort of title contention. Maybe not. Right now, like I'm not expecting it by the end of the year, but maybe I don't know, maybe by the end of next year 
or get somewhere close to her than than Abso. I think the same thing that applies for him applies for a guy like PB Smooth. Like, okay, he's he's out of the tag team, but why can't a guy like that put on entertaining matches with like like you mentioned, KTB, uh, Tom Lawler, Dominic Arena? I think there's a lot there because now I feel like we've really warmed up to PB, and now it's time to to see him go even even higher. All right, the next match that we had was. Okay, but we're probably going to talk about this match more than longer than it actually was. But okay, the scheduled match was Joshua Bishop versus All Ego Ethan Page. They, I mean, it was it was kind of touched on, but I don't know exactly why he couldn't be there. According to Doctor Dan, I have to pull up the tweet. A spiritual quest or a vision? vision. Doctor Dan sent him on a vision quest. He said a vision quest. He he corrected the tweet because I just got. He's, he sent him on a quest, and I told him, apologies, couldn't hear over the booze. It's hard to hear the mic in general sometimes. Yeah. But basically, Dr. Dan said you know, he was on a vision quest, and then it <laughs> basically turned into Joshua Bishop versus DCR. I don't think at any point the DCR said, I'm filling in. Joshua Bishop was like, well, you're here. I'm beating your ass. Bums me out, too, because I really like Ethan Page, and I'm a little sad that he had to be on his vision quest when he was uh, going to be in AIW. But, you know, I guess you got to do what you got to do to follow the three simple rules DCR. Who am I to argue with that? And this match might have lasted five minutes? Fair enough. I don't hate that when that happens. Sometimes it happens, and, you know, I thought, I thought it was entertaining. That's for sure, and that's, that's it, the main part, right? It took four minutes from... The pre-match tweet to the post-match tweet. Sometimes you need those two and a half minute uh, beat downs just to uh, position Mister Bishop as a uh, bit of a badass and a title contender. Plus, hitting uh, hitting Doctor Dan in the head repeatedly with rolls of toilet paper was kind of kind of classic. That's the other thing. This is the one thing I don't like about getting toilet paper for Doctor Dan. Granted, I'm not the one who got it this time. I believe it was uh, Donald and. I threw in again. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a bunch of people who threw in. He was like, hey, I'm going for a yeah, run. He collected. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, you do that. Um, so we had Bishop came out first. And then obviously Dr. Dan came out, said his spiel. And how I explained it, it yeah, it, Josh Bishop, without saying, it was like, well, you're here. I'm beating your ass. So the match kind of started. And we all have our toilet paper in our hand. And we're looking around like, uh, what do we do? And then I think somebody threw a toilet one paper roll. About five seconds later, another one comes in. And then it's like, all right, there's the signal. People are starting to throw it in. Just fucking get rid of it. And it starts compiling in. I kept mine. <laughs> yeah, so did, yeah, I was, I so was did the weird mine one. For weird yeah, world. Pat and I both did. Yeah. I, I saw them after the show, like carrying around um, a box full of it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. Are you, are you that carny? Of course, I mean, weird body. Yeah, he's a officially that carny but listen man if something something like that like shit tickets i'll take free like and especially they live in a house with a bunch of guys like you gotta t- i i'd be like what are you doing not taking that personally if they didn't so good on them for grabbing it i've, I've, I've had this conversation i'll kick out of two yeah i don't really care much for toilet paper i like well i don't i don't like cheap toilet paper at that but i'm more of a you know baby wipe type thing so, More of a flushable wipe kind of guy yeah. to guy. So I don't really care for toilet paper. Like cheap toilet paper, like public toilet paper is the worst. 
and we buy cheap toilet paper for a reason. So, Fair enough. So yeah, um, Joshua Bishop won via a suplex variation. Next match that led us into before intermission, we had Lewis Linden versus Ultimo Dragon. All right, Patrick, what do you have to say? Um, I thought it was good. Um, a lot of people talked about, you know, how old Ultimo was and what kind of, you know, we definitely weren't going to see him doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, I thought it was a good match. And, you know, it takes two people to put on a good match. So, you know, Lewis did his part. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I didn't have any kind of glossy expectation going in. And uh, Ed last week tempered what enthusiasm I had by saying, you know, hey, this is not, you know, this is not WCW Ultimate Dragon. He's a ground-based guy, and they definitely did keep it on the ground. Um, you know, you had the uh, the flip over at the end, the little power bomb spot that unfortunately Ultimo lost grip and you know fell on his backside. So that kind of uh, kind of took the kind of took the wind out of the climax there for the uh, for the pinfall. But he um, what hit the power bomb and then uh, quick submission and got Linden to tap out and. Nice to see you, Ultimo Dragon. Listen, all can be forgiven when you come out wearing a cape like he came out wearing. That thing was incredible. His, pan- his tights as well, all of it. His boots, like, there was a couple people over there. We were all commenting. Ultimo's gear was top-notch, man. That was that was some... that Him in general just was a sight to behold. So, you know, maybe he didn't do all kinds of crazy stuff, but I could still tell somebody I watched Ultimo Dragon wrestle. Yep. Did did either of you spend money on Ultimo Dragon? I did nope. not. So I am poor. So no pictures, no eight by tens, and no which I didn't go up to his gimmick table, but I seen pictures of it, and there were masks for like a hundred and twenty, a hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Granted, if I'm paying that much for a mask, it better be high quality. But I'm not really a huge Ultimo Dragon fan, and my my money was wrapped up elsewhere, which I don't. We talked about it before the show, but I don't need to get into it here. And I didn't find out till after the show that I didn't need it, so I could have spent the money on it. But I don't know if I really don't know if I would be just because I'm never. I've never been a really big lucha guy, and I've never or I wasn't a big WCW guy. So a lot of things for him that I'm just like, eh, it's cool. Like I think it was cool that he was here, but to go get a picture with him, like nah, I'm, I'm kind of kind of good. If I didn't have any money, well, if I had didn't have my money wrapped up elsewhere, it might have been something I did. We're all too pretty to wear masks anyway. But instead, I bought a uh, Nick Gage shirt. Yeah, I gave AIW all my money. I I didn't. It was a dry event, so I didn't give my money for uh, beverages. So I gave him money for a hat. Trying trying to do my part. <laughs> I really want an AIW hat. My only issue is I do not like snapbacks. Yeah, I'm also not a fan of snapbacks at all, but um, I've come around, and it's it's black, purple, and yellow, and I'm a huge Laker fan, and there's an AIW Laker color hat, so it's taken me a couple weeks to finally drop the cash, but I finally you know, had a little bit extra because of the no beverages, so grabbed it. I have a, a jersey in my closet if you want it. A Lakers jersey? No, Celtics. <laughs> oh, gross, man. For real. Why would you? Why? Because I have a jersey from every team that Shaq was on. Which Lakers jersey you got? You've seen it. It's the, it's the white one. Oh, nice. Oh, I don't remember. 
I know you had one, but yeah. I don't remember what yeah, color. It's, it's a, well, I have a white Lakers jersey, and then I have one of two jerseys of Shaq's from when I was a kid. One is Lakers, and it's like the like – this is the champion era for jerseys. So that's like yellow. And then I have a baby blue, like powder blue uh, magic jersey. What color LeBron jersey, like Laker jersey, going to get? No, I'm not buying one. <laughs> Oh, you gotta leave that long pause in there too. Don't cut that out. <laughs> I, I I purposely bought a, a Cleveland jersey with my name on it, just like I did nice. with the Browns. Like I yeah, I was just gonna say, being Browns fans, that's the only real way to go. You buy somebody's jersey and they don't want to get off on a topic, a different topic here, well, different podcast. <laughs> that's why with the Browns jersey, I spent the three hundred bucks on the top of the line, everything sewn straight from NFL or actually straight from the Brown shop. Like it's a nice ass fucking Jersey. <laughs> oh, and then we have Rick on here. Who's a bears fan. And I can talk about that. Cause I'm also a bears fan. Yeah, I am. I'm not, uh, I don't own any jerseys. I'm not a Jersey guy. I've never been a Jersey guy. My problem is, is I love jerseys and like, for example, uh, Brandon Marshall, I bought his Jersey, his last season with the bears. And not only, Brandon Mar- not only Brandon Marshall, four teams ago. Yeah. Not only did I buy the jersey, I went to the Bears' physical pro shop at Soldier Field and bought it. I thought it was so awesome. I strictly buy bootleg jerseys from flea markets and Chinese websites where they steal your debit card after you order one. I'm too snooty for that. Like, there, you know how there's women out there that can look at a fake coach purse and be like, ugh. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. That's how I, I can easily spot people with fake jerseys. Like, I would yep. I went to see uh, the Browns versus Titans last season, and I got a picture of this. There was someone, I think it was a Mariota jersey. I could tell it was fake. I mean, granted, by the material and all that stuff, but the biggest key is the last name and the number were off-center. Oh, I thought you were going to say you spelled the name, the Mariota no. wrong. I was going to laugh. Really no, I, think, I believe it was spelled right, but it was like in between the number and the name, like one of them was off. But it was like basically you could look, look at it and go, oh, that's that's ugly. So yeah, I don't. That's why I don't buy those. I, I don't know. I like, I like the look of a real jersey, but I could, I could go into that type of rant. But the the problem is, is with both both of my teams, the Browns and the Bears, I've spent so much money on jerseys that players that are gone. For the Browns, it was Manziel and Cribs. At least I got the the Cribs one signed. But for the Bears, it was like I have a couple Cutler jerseys. I have two Erlacher jerseys, which at least he's in the Hall of Fame now, so that doesn't look as bad. I had a really nice Julius Peppers jersey, the throw, the nice, pretty throwbacks. And then I think I got a couple actual throwback players, which kind of look cool. Um, Richard Dent, Bronco Nagurski, and Sid Luckman. And those two players are from the fucking 40s. Enough with jersey talk. That was uh, That's a perfect time for us to go into intermission because we had intermission at this point. And uh, we'll be back right after these commercials. Hey guys, Righteous Jesse here from the Kick Out of Two podcast. And after you get done listening to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, you should come on over and check out an episode of the Kick Out of Two podcast. Maybe you want to hear Stevie Richards talk about conspiracy theories. Maybe you're in the mood to hear Dr. Dan read Twas the Night Before Christmas. We got you covered on both of those, as well as interviews from Mandy Fernandez, Jimmy Rave, Tommy End, Chris Hero, Al Snow, and so many others. 
You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at KOAT Podcast, and you can check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Are you tired of wrestling podcasts that don't even attend the shows that they are reviewing? Are you tired of the so-called experts saying the same things every week? At the Road Home from Wrestling Podcast, we are the friends that you can trust. We will show you the honesty and respect that you deserve. The Road Home from Wrestling Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. We'll see you on the Road Home. Just like that, we're back. So let's get into the second half of this show. And it started off with four-way tag team match. We had PME versus To Infinity and Beyond versus No Consequences versus The Production, which turned out to be, obviously, PME being Philly Collins and Marino Tanaglia versus Colin Delaney and Cheech versus Trey Lamar and Chase Oliver versus Eddie Only and not Danhausen, but... Derek director. I'm not sure the story behind this. I have a hunch, but no Dan has it at the show. Um, are we keeping a kayfabe here? Or what? <laughs> I'm I, pretty sure he was on his honeymoon. They just got he just got married. No, I've heard, no? I heard people say that, but if you d- do double check social media, he he is he had posted within the weekend that she was like in New Orleans or something, or they're not going to see each other till they're both in New Orleans. Huh. And that's not. Yeah, yet. wasn't she? She was doing some kind of queen of burlesque thing. Or... Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. I think that's what it was. She's in a. She was in a burlesque thing in New Orleans. Yeah, I guess she's. Uh, I guess she's really talented. So. Yeah. Well, nothing against Danhausen, but I'll take Derek every time. That guy is great, um, especially in the production role. His role in the production. He comes out with everybody. Uh, you know, he just he's always. He's always really uh, doing a great job, and I re- enjoy everything he does. So I, I was not mad. I like Dan Housen. Like I said, nothing against that guy. But uh, Derek didn't really have a spot, per se, match on the card yet, as far as I knew. And uh, it was nice to see him in there. Him and Eddie are great together. Yeah. Well, I think that the team breaks down to they could have their own combinations, and they would be great. I mean, Grant, they seem to s- stick with you know Magnum and Frankie and then Eddie and Danhausen, and then Derek kind of floats. Like, he can do his own thing, or he can come out with one of the two teams. I think if they were to mix it up, like maybe, you know, have the next tag team match be Frankie and Danhausen, and then have Magnum and Derek together. Like, those are also two good tag teams. But for maybe we're not doing the Freebird rules. Or maybe that's something that will build to that since it's not, it's not been officially talked about, it's something that's going to happen maybe a couple months down the line. Yeah, I mean, with any great stable, too, eventually there's going to be a breakdown of it, which will be extremely entertaining as well. So you never know. You can maybe see some of that coming into play. Jealousy, maybe, in the production. You know, who knows? They've all been a pretty cohesive unit, you know, as so far. But, you know... I just feel like they're they're good. they're all great. There's so many possibilities. I don't. I feel like those five will never really get stale to me. How about you, Rick? Yeah, I love the production. I was very happy that PME got the win. I cannot wait to see. I think you got a you know quite a few matches between PME and the production. Uh, Philly Marino. Hopefully, eventually, I think are going to get the titles off of the production. 
but it might take a while. Uh, you know, it might take some kind of some time, some kind of gimmick. You know, because the production always has a third member, fourth or a fifth member at ringside. You know, Philly Marino might have to get some friends to help them out. But I, and I think eventually, I think eventually Philly Marino is going to take down the production, and you know, maybe that's where we'll start to see cracks in the production. But for right now, man, leave those guys together for as long as you can. Weird, Weird World's got their back for sure, I would say. Weird World has PME's back. It was a great promo at the end, too, by Philly and Marino. Um, but, you know, I, I would I would say they got some partners in Weird World. I don't think they're solo out there. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the in the long run. You know, we, we didn't mention Bishop uh, Bishop demanding his title shot after, uh, after he disposed of Dr. Dan. So you had Bishop demanding his, and then Philly and Marino saying, "Hey, we're ready." They've had some, they've had some big wins, uh, you know, at quite a few shows. So, man, I think those are the guys with the momentum. That that is very true. Thank you for pointing out that uh, Josh Bishop did put out a challenge for the absolute title for the November third show in Akron, the Rubber City WrestleCon. Which, for those who don't know, it kind of sucks. I, I, I hate that this this is happening. Kevin Nash had to pull from the show. So instead we're getting Booker T. I mean, as a fan who's already met Booker T, I'm like, okay, like I'm not as thrilled. I'm great. I'm still going to go, but I don't know. I think Kevin Nash is one of my top five favorites from when I was growing up from when I was a very, very young you know, fan. I wanted to get a picture with him wearing some fingerless leather gloves that I have. And I was going to get a VHS of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 because I love that movie. And then when I found out he was Super Shredder, I loved it even more. So now all that's like out the window and now it's not happening. Sucks. Hopefully, maybe the next Akron show, Kevin Nash can be a part of it. And, you know, he can like make it up to AIW or at least, at least to us fans. Like, granted, he doesn't owe us anything, but to have the opportunity to see him, meet him. Is all I asked for. How did you guys feel about that whole thing? Well, I forgot that um, Kevin Nash was in uh, was in your favorite movie of all time, Heavy Set Magic Mike. So you were going to get that one signed while he was there. I've never met Booker T. I wasn't around during the first Booker T. Um, uh, you know, I don't know what Nash can have going on that's more important than than us here at AIW, unless he's going to Saudi Arabia with the rest of them, because uh, I think that's the day before. But um, yeah, it's still still going to be good. I'm a little disappointed. I kind of wanted to meet uh, Big Sexy. Oh, and I was going to get Magic Mike signed, too, for my girlfriend. Thank you very much. I was going to say, did you say Magic Mike? He's in that movie? That's hilarious. Well, yeah, of course. I, you know, so I've heard. Well, I want to ask him about MTV Spring Break when they beat up that dude that threw the rocket. I wanted to, like, I was going to get that. But the funny thing was, as I showed my girlfriend the picture of Kevin Nash, and I know she's she loves Magic Mike. And I was like, do you know who this is? She goes, no, I don't, I don't I have no clue. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, no, nothing. And then I just go, Magic Mike. She goes, oh, cool. And then she she was actually going to come too. But luckily we decided against it. Or she was like, yeah, I'm just, I only want to kind of meet him just because he was a Magic Mike. But I don't want to, I don't really want to be a part of it otherwise. So she's like, if you could just get me an autograph or something, that'd be cool. So I was like, all right, cool. Now he's not going to be there. But. Oh, well. Yeah, card subject to change. So this was a card subject to change. That happens, but it, it's still going to be a fun show because we have 
you know the WrestleCon stuff as a whole. There's gonna there's probably gonna be a couple more names announced. Hopefully, we start getting uh, matches announced. Other than you know this particular match, like people who will be coming in for these shows, so or this show. But that did lead us to what happened with PME because it, we didn't really mention the, the finish. But yeah, PME won via Sunset Dreams, and I mean since I have the audio for it, let's uh. Let's hear PME laying out a challenge for Zero Cool. Hold on, everybody feel the experience tonight? Yeah! Yeah! Excellent, I'm here. What? I'm from Ocean Marino. I guess by that we are going to see the production versus PME for the tag team titles at Zero Cool. I mean, we have the production on the cover. It's you know Magnum and Frankie, so why not have this be the one of the matches? So we'll see that then, and let's move on to the next match. Which, if you were following on Twitter, uh, my apologies. It, it works at a one at a time thing, and I always cover the before match stuff. Caden's the one that does the results. Well, since I was tweeting out a minute-long video, that took forever. And a couple minutes after Caden actually tweeted the result for the next match, it tweeted out the video, and it tweeted out the uh, pre-match picture of, or the announcement of, you know, that it would the show continues with Cole Cabana versus Tim Dons for the AIW Intense Championship. Tim Dons did retain via backslide. All that out of the way. This was a pretty fun match. I I like I love the clash of styles, and I think the part that was the best was Dons going over to Cabana's table and fucking shit up. Yeah, like he had to be. He had to be pissed at that. <laughs> Wonder whose idea that was. That's funny. Even like, cause you know, even if they planned it, I feel like Colt wouldn't want to waste the eight by ten. Yeah, I, I would. Well, I don't know. You figure as much money as he makes at gimmick tables, which I don't. I don't know if it's high um, or low. Maybe he thought it was funny enough. I don't know. I it was good. I just don't see him wanting to rip up an eight by ten. I mean, that's a ten dollar bill, man. I don't maybe know. maybe Dons paid him for it. Maybe I wouldn't want to rip one up. That's not even like making some cheap, like, you know, joke or nothing. I wouldn't want to rip up at something I can make 10 bucks on as a, you know, I don't know. It was funny, but I, I'm more concerned about potato, stupid ass goes, oh, there's a no count, no, no, dis- no count out rule or whatever. He didn't say no disqualification, but no count outs and they count them out. Okay. What was that a shoot? I've heard differing opinions, so it's hard to say, but I know that he at the beginning of the match, he said no count outs. And then he counted them out. <laughs> they spent the first five minutes of the match on the with no count. Right. Thank you. Right. Exactly. 
I was just wondering if that was part of the story being told. God, potato. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think. I don't think either of those two go. Okay, uh, no countouts, so that way we could do the spot with the the you know ripping up the eight by ten and going to your merch table. And then when we decide the finish of the match, it'll be a counter. I just don't see either of those two saying that. I don't know. Maybe that's looking behind the curtain a little bit too much, but I don't know. <laughs> but at the same time, what referee goes, oh, no, like, I made a mistake because you're supposed to know the finish, correct? Colt just looked really, really pissed off when he grabbed the mic and was, say- was delivering all that. Like He is an actor, though. Yeah, but I, well, I he. Hey, I don't know. It, I was convinced. Call, you know, call me a mark. I don't know. It, it was good. I liked it. What did you think about everything that transpired, Rick? Uh, I enjoyed the match. Uh, I like to see Colt a little bit outside the element. Where you know, the first three, four, five minutes of the match were throwing each other around. You know, and then you get to the comedic type stuff. You know, the paper cut with the um, eight by tens. Pretty. It's not innovative, but it's you know something different. That we don't usually see, uh, you know, the finish kind of came out of nowhere with a backslide, and you know, that kind of was just it. I love the ripping up of the eight by ten, and then Colt going like, "I could tape it back together," <laughs> because that's where it would come into play. Of you know, I he could he could have sold it for money. You know, that that eight by ten could have been ten bucks. Yeah, but, yeah, one of us should have just held a five up. But it, you but, know, he would have he would have taken it right there on the spot. But he could have taped all that up. And still sold the money. Because is it someone, worth more someone... then, though, too? Now that I just thought about that, is it worth more? This is the 8x10 they used in the match. They ripped up. What if there's a huge <laughs> Donster, a huge Cabana fan? They want that 8x10. Yeah, I didn't even big, think about that. There's a big market for game-used, match-used merchandise, right? <laughs> I think it's bigger when it's supposed to be the attire. I know they gave away a piece of the canvas. with all, Everyone that bought the $140 all-in package got a piece <laughs> of the canvas. And toilet paper covered in blood, whatever. <laughs> Why, did someone take that one of those home? I just know there's uh, some photos and stuff floating around. It just made me laugh. Well, Thornton said that he was uh, still had blood on his hand after at the, at the bar afterwards. So, so yeah, Tim Donce retains defeating Cole Cabana. It was a you know result we figured that was going to happen, but, yeah, it is what it is, and, Colt Cabana, and like I've said before, in my opinion, always entertains at AIW. Even if you know he loses all the time, he'll at least make you think he's going to win, or just be entertaining enough to where you don't think that he's going to lose. You just are watching the entertainment of the match. Yeah, I agree. Colt's great. Up next, we had Nick Gage versus Filthy Tom Lawler versus Matt Justice versus KTB. None other than Pat's favorite wrestler, Kyle. Yeah. I like KTB a lot. He's definitely not my favorite. I mean, come on. that's a, We all know who my favorite wrestler is. But uh, I'm going to go out here and immediately say I'm a little annoyed with whoever planned the walkout entrance because I don't need Nick Gage coming out first and seeing me cheer for Justice and Lawler and KTB because I loved all four of these guys in this match. And I don't need my boy Nick Gage seeing me cheer for everybody else. He, you know, he only <laughs> wants me to cheer for him. I don't need to piss off the leader of the gang, dude. God, all we needed is uh, Joey Janelle in there too. Man, five way with all those five—that'd be that'd be awesome. I ended up somehow, buy, as we stated earlier, I, at this show, I somehow buy, ended up buying a 
shirt with Janela's face on it, even though he was not on the card when I bought that Gage GCW shirt. Janela on there as well. You just love Joey Janela. He's a, he's the bad boy, man. Good at what he does. Fucking Tim Donce had a tweet today on a, on a side note that I seen it, and I almost made a reply that involved Joey Janela. It was just... Uh, Tim Don saying, just realized I can name all the members of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, but can't name more than two NFL, NBA, or MLB players. Hashtag shoot. I was going to quote, tweet, and go, well, maybe it's time for Joey Janela to win that title back after all. Uh, I think Joey's got another title, in, but we'll see. When do we see Janela again? Do you think maybe it'll be a cash-in when we see him? Um, I know Ed... Uh, young Ed Pod Van Dam. Shout out to Ed. Uh, in the group chat, he he thinks Hell on Earth is maybe when we'll see a cash in. Um, I would like to see it at Hell on Earth, but I would also wouldn't hate to see him wait kind of a while and then just out of nowhere at maybe even a smaller show or something. Just you know to get you gotta you gotta. That's why you gotta come to them all. You know, he just comes out of nowhere. You just you hear hear that music and uh, he comes. I mean, but you know, he, we got that coming. He's he's gonna cash in at some point. Whether it's in the middle of a match or they announce it, we'll see. But I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to pretend to know what Thorne's doing. <laughs> There's I mean, too many possibilities. I was told that the whole thing that AIW does do is, if you're face, you announce it. If you're heel, it's a surprise attack. Right. But that. But who knows? Right. As we said before, who knows what Joey's is in yeah. AIW? Really. I think if you are going to cash in on Tracy Williams. Who Tracy Williams is pretty much, you know, a well loved babyface in AIW. That if Janelle is going to do the thing that I would expect him to do, it would be to surprisingly cash in. That would make him the heel, but he's also the bad boy. That's what I expect the bad boy to do. Right. But we'll see. It could be, I don't know. I don't think it'd be at Zero Cool or the Akron show, but, you know, Hell on Earth. And then there's going to be. We always get a show at the end of the year, so it'll probably be December 28th. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I'm guessing. And then, well, we have the, the numerous shows next year. J-Lit, Gauntlet, um, I know I'm missing one. Technically, yeah, he has, so he has tell J-Lit, so I would say maybe Abso, but no. It has to be somewhere before then. It's I'm, I'm going to say it has to be at Mount Carmel. I would have to think it's got to be a Mount Carmel show, but back to the four-way um, we got, sorry, we started talking about Janelle there and I went <laughs> off on a tangent, but, uh, th- this was one of those matches where it's like, you don't know where to look. Cause like people are beating the shit out of each other everywhere. And it's like, he had Lawler and justice going at it for a while. And, uh, KTB and Gage going at it for a while. And it, it just, it was, it was a really great match. Love me some filthy Tom. I, I can't get enough of that guy. He's really great. Um, and I also love uh, some Thrash Justice. That dude's also great. So uh, this match as a whole for for me was was real great. How about you, Rick? Yeah, I really like all four guys that are in it. I, I almost felt, I don't know if you guys got the same drift that I did, uh, when Gage, you know, Gage took off that he was kind of, uh, you know, kind of got a little bit of a goodbye, like, a, hey, not sure when I'll be back here, you know, until we see you guys again. That kind of thing, um, you know, got that last guy, last guy out, kind of, you know, turn around, wave to the crowd. Uh, it's, it's, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's just kind of the kind of impression I got. 
um, it's you know it's always good to see Matt Justice. Um, you know, pretty happy that he didn't try to jump off anything. I guess the snake thing is dead because this was the escape from Cleveland, and they didn't announce him as snake. There was no eye patch, so through the miracles of modern science, his uh, face is completely <laughs> healed up, and he has he has taken taken his Matt Justice persona back on fully. Uh, I'm Tom Lawler's great as always, and you know, seeing Tom Lawler walk around the after party with a $25 giant uh, drink with four popsicles in it was worth the price of admission. He, Speaking as an MDK member, I think Gage just really loves Cleveland. I don't know. I mean, maybe he will be gone for a bit, but that dude, you can tell. He's even tweeted about it. Um, he comes out. He was selling uh, merch and stuff before the show this time. That dude really, I think, just appreciates us as AIW fans the way that um, we just go crazy for him. Because you've seen him on other stuff. I've seen him on Beyond and a couple other places on Powerbomb. And people love him, but AIW goes berserk for Nick Gage. And I think he just really appreciates that. He He is really well loved in AIW. I do love that there's a lot of wrestlers that call AIW their second home. You know, I've just seen that recently with AJ Gray. Uh Nick Gage has said it multiple times. There's I I know there's other ones, but I don't want to quote anybody. I want to say Donce might have has has called AIW, you know, his home or second home in wrestling. And there's a plethora of other ones that that say because there there are a lot of people that, you know, come through here and we I mean, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but we seem like a, a fairly good fan base. Ethan Page might be another one that is called, you know, AIWA's second home. Obviously, Alpha One would be his home home, but, you know, as much as he wrestles here, he's, you know, he's he's ex- almost expected to be at every single show because of how often he's, he's booked. He's sitting at the head of the dinner table, if you remember the famous promo before, you know, I don't get back in a, the past. But, yeah, I definitely would agree that Page has set and has feels like AIW is a home. And I agree. I think that says something for us as fans, but it definitely, I think, says something huge for Thorne and as of late, well, not as of late, but, you know, before with Biggins, they just, they were, they were great promoters. AIW is just a great promotion. I think we're spoiled. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just think it says a lot that people that aren't from around here call AIW their second home. I would agree with that big time. Like, there is a list of wrestlers I would love to see AIW book. Oddly enough, I think most of them do come from the South, and I think if Biggins were alive, he would he would either have them booked or he'd be trying to have them booked because of how much he loves that, that Southern style. But at the same time, I look at how many wrestlers we're creating and seeing them go out in the world, seeing them go out to Tennessee, Indiana, Virginia, uh, other places in Pennsylvania, and I'm just like, as much as I want to see, you know, Marco Stunt or Brett Eisen, you know, Dominic Garini is out there kicking ass. Um, Josh Bishop is out there kicking ass. And there's a, you know, Eddie Only and all that kind of stuff. They're getting all these bookings, and it's like, I'm kind of, spo- I am kind of spoiled. Like, I'm wanting more. Doctor Dr. Dan out there too. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. the doctor. Oh, I mean, I mean a lot. I, mean, I don't want. I didn't purposely mean to skip over anybody, but sure, sure. I just wanted to add. Yeah. Sorry. When when I see wrestlers get bookings in other states that are from AIW, like that are from that school, it's just like, man, that is awesome. So yeah, definitely a spoiled fan. As much as I'd love to see those other guys, at least these people that I'm seeing become something bit by bit, I'm getting it firsthand. I remember. When, you know, 
uh, Frankie Flynn was taking tickets at Turner's Hall. I remember when PB Smooth was just a, a tall dude at the door. I remember when Eddie Only was, to me, looked like he's supposed to be Weird World's little brother. And now, you know, they, they have a name. Or, <laughs> Man, I never even thought about that. Dude, Eddie as Weird World's little brother. Holy shit. I, <laughs> I never I, even thought about that. I think I called him Nationwide. <laughs> nationwide. Wow. Like, they could do a thing that that's, they could be brothers, and I'd, I'd fucking believe it. Um... You know, also seeing guys like Derek and Zach Thomas come from outside of AIW and then get in and then seeing them get bigger, bigger. So like maybe not as much Zach Thomas because he's he's new, but fucking Derek, been around years, gets in AIW, and now he's getting even more bookings than he did before. And I'm very proud of that dude. So we are the bottom of the whole summing everything up. Yeah, we're a spoiled fan base. And I want more, but that's it. Do you have anything to add on this, Rick? No, I think we have probably one of the best independent promotions in the country, and there are a lot, there are a lot of bad ones. It just goes to show you when you, when you go to an, an event, it it feels like we have a roster here. It's like eighty percent of the same guys from you know month to month to month, and that just goes to show you how well uh, they're treated by management how well they're treated by the fans, um, you know, with the exception of a couple trolls now and then. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a class organization. I feel like AIW dips from a lot of different jars uh, that, that really, that are really, uh, whether it be different companies or whether it be uh, wrestlers that are closer, like trying to pull up, you know, this card as a whole, just looking at all the faces, whether, you know, we, we get people like Ultimo Dragon and, you know, La Familia, like that's a little bit more of a world-renowned name, especially maybe with more Damon 666 and Ultimo. Then, you know, we have Cole Cabana, who's a, a world-renowned name, maybe not as big as Ultimo, but still has just paved the way for independent wrestling, you know, for the, like almost the last decade. Uh, up and comers like Tracy Williams and you know Filthy Tom Lawler, all the ego Ethan Page, and then we all, I mean we still have those local guys. We have you know the people that have been local for a long time, Eric Ryan and Bobby Beverly. Um, Donst is I was like I want to call him he's not local, but he has been around a while, but he's still up and coming. And then you you know, and you have the people like. Eddie only, Dan Housen, PME, uh, no consequences, PB Smooth, Dominic Greeny, uh, Joshua Bishop, people that are f- the homegrown talent. Maybe not as much for Dan Housen, but you know, he's like more of a, a newer upcoming name. That it's so awesome to see with w- with a company like this. And then, you know, if you want to go back to the GNO days, like some of the women that have come through on GNO, it's like holy shit. They might have come through once or twice, but they were here. And then you have ones that came a lot, like freaking Sarah Del Rey. Like, that that was pretty awesome. And even with the last GNO, you know, you have people like Mia Yim and AK who are, who are making bigger names than themselves. And a bunch of other people. It's just, yeah, we're spoiled. And it's a great, 
great fan base. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that by now because we're 70-some episodes deep, talk a lot about the Northeast Ohio independent scene, and AIW is the crown jewel of the area. Number one in my book, I've... If any company is booked the same day as AIW, I'm going to pick AIW. So I, I, I said it to someone. Um, we were talking. I went to Cincinnati and uh, the night before AIW, and I, somebody read the timeline wrong, and they said, "Well, you're in Cincinnati. Are you not coming to AIW tonight?" And I said, "The only way I'm not coming to AIW is if there's a funeral, and I'll be the one in the casket, my man." <laughs> <laughs> That's that is the thing. I always try to get AIW dates well in advance so i can plan shit around it the only way i won't go to an aiw show if it's planned around like a wedding like this this past saturday i had a wedding it was a friend of mine that i've you know been friends with for about five years if aiw would have ran on that day i i hate to say it i probably would have went to the wedding just because of how close i am to the dude and most weddings would be like that but luckily with AIW, they mostly run on Fridays. So that's never a real big issue. But oddly enough, the next two shows are on Saturdays. So that is what it is. Yeah, whenever they run out of town, it seems like it's a Saturday. Uh, depending. There's been some men are on the lake shows that have been on Friday. I prefer Saturday shows because I normally request off those days. And I have to either make up for it one way or another or I take a hit. And I like it when it's on Saturday because I get to, you know, work my normal week and then I get to go to a show on Saturday and not have to worry about overlapping of the two. Because if not, I would have to leave work almost immediately and I'd be luckily, I would be really lucky to get there after the first match. So instead of all that, I just request off, took a vacation day for this show and taking a vacation day actually for a show I'm going to this weekend. Anyway, uh, enough about the AIW love. Let's continue on to uh, two names that we mentioned. We had Dominic Greeny versus Hot Sauce Tracy Williams for the AIW Absolute Championship. And uh, do you want to explain anything, Patrick, about when uh, Dominic Greeny um, came out? Yeah, I was going to say I'm about to text my man and see have him do a run-in and see if he can give his thoughts at least because I know he was busy tonight, but maybe he can at least give his thoughts on the Dom, Dom Greeny. Uh, he came out and he gave uh, Thrift Store and me the finger, man. He he is embracing – Dom is embracing full heel mode. He um, flipped Thrift Store off specifically. You know, if you follow the storyline, he always gives Brian a hug when he comes out. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it was interesting. I, I kind of I was wishing TSJ was on this episode because I'd like to hear his thoughts on this. Oddly enough, he is online within the chat that we that we now re- record in. So all he has to do is switch over to the voice channel and talk. But he's he is listed as being online because these <laughs> the next two matches are the the things that I want to hear his input. I texted on. I texted him. Let's see what he if he comes in. We'll see. I texted him. We'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, it was interesting to see, though, because I know some people, uh, I think, I want to say Ed or somebody on the last podcast wasn't really sure about the Dom the Dom heel turn, and he, he made it pretty pretty clear, because we talked about this in the group chat. Um, I said that'd be an easy way to really establish, you know, have him, have him turn on TSJ, and he did, man. Get out of my brain, Dom. Yeah, I talked to Dominic after the match, and he said uh, 
it was kind of spur of the moment. Somebody on the far side of the ring, uh, you know, opposite hard camera flipped him off. So he hit them with the double bird and then he turned around and he locked eyes with Jabber and hit him with the double bird. It was kind of just a spur of the moment thing, but uh, he got his point across. And this, this match was a real big cool down between the previous match and what would end up being obviously the main event. Cause we have, we had one match left Obviously, a lot of you know technical wrestling between the two, and kind of uh, a few close calls for Dom. But unfortunately for him, Hot Sauce retained after a pair of power power ah, pile drivers. Oh, and I'm, I'm looking into the chat now. Uh, Jobber, are you there? Yes, hello. I'm here. Give me one second. I just yeah, there he is. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway, uh, you know we're we're talking about Tracy Williams and Dominic Garini. And this is where the whole big heel turn happened for you, just catching Jobber up on the conversation, which I'm not sure what he missed and whatnot. So, yeah, that that was the ending of the, of the match. But um, I think there, there was a lot more story told to this other than just that. Um, it's basically it goes down to how how Dom is now and what's going to happen going forward. It's if I would make a list of like things to look forward to in the next coming shows. It's it's Dom, way more than usual. Because I'm curious of what matches he's going to have and how he's going to treat them. How about you, Rick? I like Dom as a heel. Uh, I like the double bird to Jobber. Uh, it made me happy. Uh, I like Dom vicious. I want to see those you know those crazy knees and strikes that he throws. Uh, I'm really looking forward to where they're going to go with this. How about you, Pat? Um, I like Dom as a heel. Um, we kind of saw him aside from the Lawler thing, you know, he had a long feud with, with filthy Tom, but aside from that, he kind of came in, um, people, guys would come in, bigger names would come in and Dom would kind of be the guy to wrestle them. Um, it seems like now he's kind of shifting more towards like storyline stuff and building feuds, which I like a lot. Um, he's not nice, old, nice Dominic anymore. He's a mean guy. He gave us the finger, man. <laughs> Are you back? usually, usually it's me and thrift store giving the people the finger, not them giving it back to us. That's true. Like the gift that we have of you guys and the Duke. That's yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was talking about. So, Jobber, are you are you back yet to talk about your experience? I, I am here. I am here. So let's start off with with Dom and him coming out and your reaction to the finger. I, my my baby boy broke my heart. What can I say? Um, you know, it's it's uh, you know, everybody's got to. Uh, clash with their parents here and there so i get it um but uh i'm interested to see where this is going to go i know he kind of teased it uh at russell rager uh coming out to the uh you know matt riddle song and 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 playing that up to the crowd because everybody at aw loves him um and yeah now this is just a whole new level for him you know i know he's been doing some heel stuff other places so uh yeah i mean uh it, it breaks my heart but uh you know maybe this is uh bigger and better things for him I will throw out too. I, I the thing that I wish we would have seen, we had Tracy Williams come out with not only the absolute championship, which that's expected, but he also came out with the powerbomb championship. Well, if we're just going to go in the same world. How about Dom comes out with the Bone Storm championship from Southern Underground Pro? I don't know, just a little weird thing I thought of there. Just U- UXWA as well, baby. Oh yeah, UXWA. That's and he did retain Saturday because I was there, and Dom did retain. 
I think you were the only one that was there. Of uh, there were some people there. <laughs> of uh, of the group. I show my support. You know, you gotta go out, boys. Uh, I need to go out one of these days, but uh, I just couldn't show my face after after Friday night. Well, there was three wrestling shows going on that day that I knew of: UXWA, OCW, and Remix. I knew of about two weddings also going on that day. I mean, obviously there's going to be many weddings going on every single weekend, but I personally knew two. And also my local, the area that I grew up in, they always have a particular festival that same weekend. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what was it with September 15th that everybody needed to book something? So I, unfortunately I couldn't go to that particular show. Eventually I'll go to UXWA show, but half the time when they do it, it either, it's with something else that I, I'm going to go to instead, or I'm just like so tired from the weekend. I'm just like, I need a day of rest. And that happens to be on UXWA day. Maybe uh, someday they'll, they'll hook you up and you can book your own show. The wrestling cheers, Matt. Uh, show. I mean, I haven't talked about it much, but I am planning on sponsoring a particular wrestling show, but I'm not going to talk about it too much in public just yet, just because I don't want to jinx it. And I still, I don't know. I'd just rather it be a surprise that I'm working on this. But anyway, that's all I need to I don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I heard that Cleveland Knights company is pretty shady. <laughs> no, fuck that. I ain't doing them. I'll, yeah, I'll talk about it later. It's uh, not neither here nor there. I got prices for places I'm going to look into. Yeah, he's got things to do, chairs to throw. We got to get on with it. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's get into the main event and why Thrift Store Jobber is here, besides the whole Dom thing. It happens to work out there the last two matches of the show. We have, it's all work. It's all work. We have the main event, a tag team Mexican death match. Jeez, cage match. You, not, first, not only do you miss a whole match, but you call this a tag team Mexican death. Just tag team Mexican death. So, the young studs, Eric Ryan and Bobby Beverly versus La Familia de Tijuana, which is, oh God, Damon 666. And what's the other one? Bestia. Bestia. Bestia 666. I keep on to say Both of those dudes' paint was fucking impeccable. I mean, that, those dudes' paint they were wearing never flaked off, even at the end of the match. But the Bestia 666, man, that yellow skull paint was fucking tight. I mean, Damon 666, I feel like I'm I'm actually, because I'm not being a big fan, I still have seen that paint before, and I'm like, eh, it is what it is. But yeah, Bestia is just, that's, I kept like kind of looking at it like, God, that looks so fucking awesome. Like, how do you do it? He came out. He came out in that black, uh, like not trench coat, but like long hooded, like cloak kind of thing with mm-hmm. that face paint, and it was freaking terrifying. <laughs> so the moment of the match that we want to talk about, and it was kind of hinted on it earlier. We had what was it? Eric Ryan going through the glass with Bobby Beverly, and we got the video on our Twitter, or no, I think it's on my personal Twitter. In the background, we have Thrift Store Jobber throwing his chair into the ring and subsequently getting ejected. Now, the funny thing about this is I didn't notice it was on the video until afterwards Tell Rick mentioned it to me. And then I happened to look at that video. And on top of it, I remember when this match started of uh, before there was introductions, Thrift Store Jobber was waving the chair above his head. I thought it happened then, but no, it was later on and I caught it so jobber what was going through your head at this moment 
Well, he's not answering, so I'm going to answer for him. I'm guessing he just went to Nick Gage Invitational. Hey, listen, listen, Chicago. He had bloodlust, man. He's a ghoul, dude. Okay, so I'm here now. Uh, There are a few different ways I can explain this. Um, One, the obvious is that due to a cop caller not allowing alcohol in the venue or getting (laughs) alcohol banned from the venue, um, I, for some reason, felt it necessary to chug Rita's... uh, Oh God! Well, probably about an hour straight before the show started, and then uh, probably a few at intermission. So one, that's that's, I don't know why why I did that. I'm an idiot. Second off, yes, uh, the Nick Gage show the week prior. Holy shit! Um, definitely the most insane show that I've ever been to in my first real deathmatch tournament. And uh, yes, that that got me all hyped. I was not front row for that show just because you know I was not going to inhale. Uh, light tube dust all night so me and my friends uh, stood way in the back and uh just watched from afar so uh yeah i was inspired by that chaos uh eric ryan was actually at that show not wrestling but he was there um yeah i was very fired up from from dom in that whole incident and uh yeah i don't know man it's it was definitely not my not my finest moment as a fan um you know didn't wasn't gonna make a scene definitely was gonna fight it because as soon as i realized i'd done that i was like fuck i fucked up because unfortunately i didn't get the chair in the ring and it's not like uh you know this was a folding chair and i slid underneath the ropes uh i'm sure that probably would have been um ignored or uh at the very least not as uh unsafe but no this is one of these plastic chairs and it's off i didn't get it over the ropes and yeah it could have hurt somebody so uh fans uh let me be the example of awful things to do at shows and uh i've learned my lesson and uh that will not happen again you did seem instantly remorseful in the video, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, it was an instant, like, oh fuck, I fucked up. So, uh, yeah, that's that about that about answers that question. I still had a really good time. <laughs> it, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't ruin it for me, thrift store. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> no, nor nor I. The best well, listen. Is- you guys, you guys could have, could have. Uh, listen, I do not remember holding this chair above my head at any point. So I tried to stop you when you were holding it above your head. I said, "Thrift store, no." And then, <laughs> and then they went through the glass, and there was no stopping. Yeah, there. Uh, there's a certain point where there's just with me. There's no coming back. And I was that. looking, I was looking up, and then I, I heard you, you hit it on the ground about three times. Yeah, just kind of slamming it. You know, right before I think right before. Uh, Eric hit the glass for the first time. And then in it's one of those things where it's like you feel like you see it in slow motion where the chair is slowly going up above his head and getting thrown. The and best part is Big Joe is standing right fucking yeah. next to him. He's hey, let me break the rules here for a second, right in front of the biggest security guard in the fucking building. <laughs> well he didn't he didn't see him throw it. You can yeah. see the chair. Right, he's down, looking down, yeah. Right behind Damien and Joe turns around, he looks at the chair, and then he looks up and he's almost shocked to see Jobber standing there. He's expecting to see it just you know, one one of the very few, you know, jerks that, that we have there. He looks and he's he's Jobber. You out like he doesn't even know what to say because he's like it's what, a, what the hell just happened he's a, it's a very instant like out now oh yeah he, he was it wouldn't have mattered who it was 
Listen, I, I knew I knew I fucked up, so I was wasn't going to fight that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all work, baby. <laughs> well, luck, luckily, you won't be added to any type of list. You know, you didn't try to enter the ring. There, there was a member of the audience who this was their third time back in like six or seven years. And the last time he was at an AIW show, which predated Turner's Hall, he tried to enter the ring. Listen, thrift stores got in the ring, but he was invited by Spider Nate Webb. Let's get let's make well, one thing clear. Well, I mean, <laughs> literally, you guys could not make me feel like more of a shameful fan. Right now. I'm, I'm I'm gonna stop sitting ringside. I'm just gonna stop <laughs> and uh, I can't. Get no, it's it's all it's like the roasting. Now we made fun of you. Now it's everything's all forgiven. You'll be all right. It, it would have been. You, you know, the problem would have been if we weren't making fun of you, like. We wouldn't say anything if we actually thought that it was a big. It is a big deal. You should don't don't throw shit. But it it happened. It's over. There was no. What do they always say? It's like it's intent. You had no intent. To, you're not trying to hurt anybody. You're not trying to to. You know, there was nothing malicious behind that. It was I'm just trying to help. It, I was trying to help. Know, not even I think that. it just it adds so, to the allure of Thor Jabber. Not he was already, you were already famous. Now it's be like, yeah, it's a guy through the chair in the ring. <laughs> yeah, now that there's nothing more that makes me want to delete my uh, Instagram account than you just saying what you just said. <laughs> I mean, the only way you could be what? Like, Why is that? Oh, uh, I I don't want to I don't want to be famous, man. I'm I'm just a t-shirt guy. That's <laughs> fucking I'm I'm that's goofy. I don't want to be. I've already been told I'm AIW's Frank the Clown, and I really don't want to be that. So uh, you know, whoever told you that should get punched in the face. <laughs> no, that's garbage. I can't you wait. Got, for you them. got listen. You get a few guesses as to who that could be. I, I think you could figure it out pretty easily. I can't wait for the the pin that's just Jobber's hands above the air and the 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 chair just leaving this orange chair. I I'll buy ten. Right. He won't come back. Don't say that. I take it all back. I'm not making fun of you. I don't want to sit by myself. Oh, I'm thinking the only way you could be more shameful is if, you know, you wore a Bullet Club shirt to the show. You, you bought rest, a wrestler's um, shirt or or tights after the show. And, Hard F-bombs. And then you, you know, you were a gatekeeper to somebody else to, uh, on Twitter after the show. Like, am I hitting any or any things that I'm missing to be more shameful? Mm. Waiting for wrestlers at the airport. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's one of the tops. And I don't wear uh, belts to the ring either, so <laughs> I've got that going for me. See, it's all good. Don't worry about it, buddy. I'm, I'm just picturing Jobber at the airport with that chair, <laughs> waiting for people to show up before. Please sign this. No, Please but this. I'm seeing pictured him just like throwing it, like oh look, filthy Tom Lawler's here! Yay, throwing the chair. It could be worse. You could be potato. Yeah, that felt good Monday. Everybody roasting potato. Uh, my my sweet photo from Wrestle Rager uh, got around. Um, That's a he, great. He is a fucking odd looking human being. I was so confused that day. Like, what the fuck is going on with potatoes tattoos? They look like complete trash. And then he says he has a used tattoo. Did he have Pokemon tattoos too? What the fuck is wrong with that kid? We first discovered his tattoos at that other show. Remember we went at the rec center that time and he was standing around. It's one thing to stand around a W with his shirt off. He knows everybody there. It's outside. We're at WrestleRager. Potatoes standing around the Brook Park Rec Center gym, which is shirtless after a show once. <laughs> oh, was that the was that the Riddle show? Yeah. Okay, yes, I remember this. I have a picture oh, okay. of him somewhere. I just couldn't find it. 
God, he's such a fucking weirdo. Oh, he was also uh, trying to hawk Pokemon cards on Facebook the other day. Jesus. I mean, if you want to see him without a shirt off, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas 5, main event. It, it's I have actually, I've never seen him wrestle, but uh, I'm sure he, are there matches on uh, Powerbomb? There are. Okay, I'll have to check one of these out. Yeah, I don't, they need to put Nightmare Before Christmas 5 on. That's a, that's a very fun show. Uh, Fontaine versus Chuck Taylor, one of my favorite matches. And then right after it is Euthanasia versus Colcaban and Gregory Iron. But the main event is Johnny Gargano versus Dave Dawson. No count out, no disqualification match with special referee Tim Donst. It is 10 minutes of Potato just getting his ass kicked. As it should be. Well, you should use a promo code Wrestling Cheers to, to get a month free on Powerbomb TV. But anyways, let's go to the <laughs> rest of the main event that I didn't see because I was outside. Unfortunately, I don't have a promo code set up with them. I think you got to be a promotion. So basically, if you want that, just do Absolute. That's what I do. Anyway, or did. Uh, yeah, the this match was fucking chaotic. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, who else to describe it. I do have the... Or many people have the video of the last spot of who goes through it. Is it? Oh yeah, Eric Ryan. Yeah, going he, through. Estia power bombs Eric Ryan through it. Which the one thing that me and Rick couldn't see from our side is, um, I didn't see till after the match. Uh, there was the bar, the barbed wire board got put underneath the plate glass window. Yeah, it we was. thought he went put through the window to the floor, but the floor was a barbed wire board. No, it was. They took the barbed wire board put it on four chairs. Yeah, right, prop right. It up, like, and then they took what was it? They took more chairs to Yeah, and then the up, window. Yeah, the prop up the window. So yeah. It was just straight through all of it. Yeah, it was crazy. And what I have down in the notes or what we have down in the results is Eric Ryan and Bobby Beverly won via the Tiger Bomb. It was a great Great match. Um, we don't get to see a lot of deathmatch stuff in AIW. They do some fans bring the weapons, but um, nothing like like glass or anything like that that I've seen there, at least. Yeah, it was a really, for a, a death, you know, I guess a Mexican deathmatch, it felt like a really clean match. Like it was, you had the spot with the, uh, you know, you had the spot with the glass in the beginning in front of us, and then you have the spot with the glass near the end. You know, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, it wasn't like a lot of trash weapons, you know, where they just go back and forth. I mean, it certainly wasn't like WrestleRager main event where we're just popping things on each other nonstop. The couple of big spots that Eric Ryan took, they really felt like real big spots because in a match like that, instead of doing a lot of small, you know, deathmatch things, you know, those couple real big impactful spots to see that glass, you know, you know, shattered and it's, you know, like an eight or 10 foot diameter all around. Uh, you know, it was, there was a lot of impact there. People, you know, that's something you're not going to, you're not going to forget. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's definitely not something I, I want to see more than, you know, once or twice, uh, you know, once or twice a year, but man, when Eric Ryan sets his mind to do something a little bit different and a little bit crazy, uh, he's, he's, He's one of the best at coming up with that stuff. Any other thoughts about this match? From Well, we have another really nothing more from Jobber because, well, he's slowed all from outside. 
he's probably seen you've you've seen both of the uh you've seen both of the glass spots in either gift form or whatever haven't you jobber yeah i mean uh you know like i said it uh the stuff I saw the week prior at GCW, I mean, makes makes that match look like a, you know, I don't know, makes it look like a regular wrestling match. So, you know, I'm not, I'm bummed I missed it, but I'm not like, you know, heartbroken. I snuck back in at the very last second, but I guess the match had just ended. I just saw everybody in the ring, um, but then I bounced. One thing that we did see post match was Eric Ryan basically explained that, you know, Damon Six 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 was a dream opponent of his. And they want to do it one more time. And it sounds like it's a possibility. I don't know where. I don't know when. I don't even know if. But by the sound of it, it sounds like that might happen. It'd be cool to see the tag tournament come back again and have those two. Yeah. I'll, I'll speak here about the tag team tournament. Were either of you guys at the show at that year, the 2016 or whatever the hell it was? Double there. there. Double there? Yeah, double. yeah. Night two was the first show I ever went to. Oh, okay. See, yeah. that was that was like the uh, one of the most fun AIW weekends um, ever. Uh, maybe it was just because the headhunters were there, but uh, I I thought that whole weekend was fucking amazing, and uh, I personally would love to see another weekend of it. Um, yeah, there were a lot of a lot of really good teams. I mean, Lax has gotten huge since then. Um, I really like Massage Envy. They creeped me out the first night, but the second night I was I was super into it. Um, obviously, seeing the headhunters. That was actually the first closest thing to a death match, and I guess I guess it was a death match. Uh, Eric Ryan versus Lucky Thirteen. Um, that was great. That was the match. I was like, "Holy shit, I love this stuff now." Um, but yeah, I mean, that whole weekend was great. And if they did another one of those, it'd be it'd be really cool. Yeah, it's so funny that that that's the match that stands out for me too. But Lucky Thirteen and Eric Ryan hate that match so passionately now that it's uh, it's kind of oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially if you see some of the, some of the other stuff they've done. I mean, if you see a few death matches, yeah, that was a complete dog shit match. But at the same time, it was fucking headhunters, and it was ridiculous. And just waiting for them for like ten minutes, and their song playing over and over again, it just everybody was so hyped. And then when they came out, it was just like fucking maniacs. The promo they cut night two, where they told everyone to go home and come on themselves. Still one of the funniest things I've ever seen in real life. Like I couldn't believe what the hell was going on. And uh, uh, going back to shameful um, fan stuff, uh, Mike and I from Virtual Pros wanted to get Headhunter shirts. Guys didn't bring any merch with him. But uh, as uh, the night was ending, uh, Thorne comes up to me and Mike's like, hey, if you guys want their shirts, they'll give you the Ring 1 ones for, I think, 30 bucks we paid for them. So we bought those. So at least, you know, I'm not the only one who, who bought ring worn merch, but uh, I think in that case, it's uh, it gets a pass. Also another team, the Carnies that I, uh, I always like when we could see them, but I feel like they're not here enough and they were a, you know, double, double dare team. And there also you could bring, there's so many like teams that I feel like AIW could use if, if we did decide to do that type of term, besides the people we don't see as much people we like to see again. And also the, plenty of tag teams between the students you know from the from the last time that we did it you know we've uh i mean we still got the fuck it's like you said um massage envy lax everything they're doing you can also bring back besties in the world it's great to see them uh at you know day two of jail it this year there's still so many other tag teams i i mean i doubt we'll see crazy pain together again but i don't know 3xl what's 3xl steve Payne, 3xl 3XL. 
for it's, well. Never yeah, mind. it's it's uh it's a whole thing. Uh, Steve Payne well, laughing in his car if he's listening. That's all I know. <laughs> um, I don't know if any of you guys actually still pay attention to what Steve Payne's doing, but. Uh, you know, after the AIW thing ended, you know, he was on Lucha Underground for a minute and he had his own gym and smoothie bar and everything. But now he's he's on hard times. He's eating like trash food and working out at Planet Fitness. So I don't know what's going on with Steve Payne, but, uh, you know, personally, I think I think the one should bring him back. Okay, he had, didn't he have his own school for a minute there? He was. He, I, oh, yeah, I, he had he had a school and he had like a legit setup. I don't know what the fuck happened to that, but. Uh, a few weeks later, you see he's got the ring set up in his backyard because uh, he lost his lost his spot. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Steve Payne is is not the best businessman. It doesn't look like it. I mean, by what we've seen of him at AIW, I figure you know he's not the great businessman. All right, let's uh, let's uh, wrap this show up. What did you guys think of the show as a whole, and what would you rate it uh, letter grade wise? We'll start with Patrick. Uh, go salad B plus B B plus. It was a good show. I uh, can't give it the A, but just you know, um, just trying to reserve those for some of the really uh, great stuff. But it was a great time. Um, no negatives in my opinion. I, I had I had fun. All the matches were great, even though it was dry. You know, we still uh, still had a good time. How about you, Rick? Uh, yeah, it was a solid B for me too. I I felt like it was uh, kind of a starting point in uh in some ways you know you got uh oh you know we're starting over with uh you know dominic as a heel and where he's gonna go you know bishop maybe getting into the title picture pme starting to to move towards tag team you know tag team title shots you know as we get into these winter shows with the hell on earth and all the good stuff into the first of the year, I feel like this was kind of a kind of a jumping off point where we established and maybe started some storylines that are going to carry through for quite a few shows. And since you're here, how about you, Jobber? Uh, I'm going to give it somewhere in the low B range. Uh, you know, it was good. Uh, things I liked, uh, I, w- I liked the fact that it ran it seemed to run a lot faster. I mean, uh, shit, main event was done before 11 o'clock, right? I feel like 10.30-ish maybe. Um, that was good. Uh, definitely did not enjoy the lewis linden match uh of course that that i you guys sure talked about that of course um but there was some good stuff uh but yeah overall yeah i'll give it like a like a low b um, i'm looking forward to the next few shows but uh yeah we'll see what we'll see where it goes the final tweet was sent out that eric ryan and bobby beverly won at 10:52. so yeah we were out by about 11 which yeah i thought that was kind of surprising too i, I was looking uh, at the clock, whenever the match started, and I think it was about ten thirty. I was like, "Whoa, we're gonna get here by 11? That's fucking nuts. Uh, I would rate it about a B as well. Um, it was very entertaining, definitely up there, but I I can't give it the A plus level. It wasn't the the same amount of excitement and everything packed into it that a A plus or A show normally does. So a good B B plus. Any uh, final thoughts or last-minute plugs before we go, Patrick? Uh, nothing. No, not really. Just follow me on Twitter if you want. You can call me Ron. Rick? Yeah, same thing. Nice to be back. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine if you want as well. Uh, if not, I'll be uh, sitting in the front row at the next show. Why don't you stop by and uh, say hello? Maybe there'll be beer. Well, it will be a different venue. It'll be at a bar, so there definitely will be beer. Next two shows will have alcohol. 
Oh man, the bar at the uh, Akron place is fucking sick too. The old men with two dollar drafts, sweet. I'm getting a I'm getting a Sunday, man. They got ice cream at that place. <laughs> I'm getting one, dude. Yeah, man, that that's it's all great. Can't wait. How about you, Jobber? Uh, Twitter at TS Jobber, uh, at Thrift Store Jobber, Instagram Etsy eBay. Um, yeah, I'll see you at the next one. And of course, you could find myself at Heavyset three three zero on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose a desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we do have the what a maneuver store over there. Get yourself a shirt or hoodie or whatever. And also still doing the pre-orders for the shirt, like I mentioned earlier in the show. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and PodbeanRestingCheers.Podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, and Old School at the Movies. And check out our other podcasting friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Adults, Benefits of Podcasting, Center Stage, S-E-N-T-E-R Stage, Super Fantastic Podcast, Road Home from Wrestling, Kick Out a Two, The Indie Cast, and Big Gold Belt Podcast. Check out our other friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, Rebel Life Media, The Savage Dash, Set Tab Photo, Ringside Shots Photography, Sickening Pictures, NEO Sports Insiders, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if you do rip up 8x10s. Later. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Would you like you get a Sometimes you want to go